that is actually teaching Fay, your subconscious, that you can do it. And that actually removes some of the limiting beliefs because at the point, you know, the day before I got the text message in my head, my skepticism was 100% sure that I couldn't diet. Now, you know, now four years in, I know that I'm mentally much, much stronger than most people. And, you know, that that's because I have built really strong discipline, political and, 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 and physical discipline over the years, years, gradually, very gradually and gently. Welcome to Thriving with Diabetes, the podcast where we empower people with type 2 diabetes. I am your host, Gamden, a holistic wellness coach, helping people overcome challenges related to type 2 diabetes. I have dedicated my passion for health and wellness to helping people like you navigate the uh, complexities of diabetes. I believe that with the correct knowledge, support and mindset, you can uh, lead a more fulfilling life uh, while uh, managing your health condition. In today's episode of the Thriving with Diabetes podcast, we are talking about an inspiring uh, journey of transformation and self-motivation. We will uh, learn about uh, the remarkable story of Tom uh, Salvini, who uh, went from facing health uh, challenges and uh, uh, struggles to thriving with diabetes. Tom will share his mission uh, strategies to avoid uh, diet misery, overcoming uh, limiting beliefs, and uh, the keys to self-motivation for lasting uh, change. So I'm excited to have our guest with me today, Tom Salvi. As you know that our podcast is uh, all about empowering people with type 2 diabetes to lead healthier and more fulfilling lives. And having uh, experts like Tom on the show helps us achieve that goal. It is always inspiring to learn about our guests' uh, perspectives and experiences. Before we dive into uh, our discussion, I would love uh, Tom to introduce uh, himself, share some background about uh, him and what he does. So without further ado, I will hand it over to uh, Tom. Tom, welcome to Thriving with Diabetes podcast. Thank you very much for having me, uh, Camdan. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I suppose it all started about four years ago. And uh, what happened was my, my loving wife gently nagged me to go to the doctors. And um, I, I went to the doctors and the doctor basically uh, said to me, I'm overweight and I need to lose weight. Now, at that point, I actually knew that. There was, there was nothing new in that. I'd been ignoring that fact for decades. Um, it wasn't that I didn't care, it's that I didn't have the ability to change it. Um, anyhow, so he sent me for some blood tests and then 
a few weeks later I was walking across the office floor I remember it really um, vividly and I got a text message and the text message said um, you need to go for an MRI scan and it was at that point when kind of my whole world kind of tumbled and I was just like in shock because the the superficial weight gain which is how I viewed it I was you know I, I knew I was overweight ideally I would have liked to have been you know lighter but now that superficial weight gain was actually something um, that was going to affect my life and and from that point um, I, I made kind of some small changes and those small changes um, that were easier to adopt by about eight months in I realized I was still losing weight and yet I was the world's worst dieter and so something wasn't right <laughs> you know they, something didn't add up and it was at that point I thought I need to try and work out what's going on here because you know if if I've been able to make that journey from someone who was you know a, a passionate diet hater you know I would say that with a really strong passion um, and, and and to actually get to the point where eight months in it's felt kind of effortless I need to write it down so anyhow I started writing a book spent a, a long time getting it all perfect and then realized it had missed half the system out I didn't understand half of it and 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 long story short the past four years I've been trying to decode uh, drill down and get to the nub of the issue and um, and and I think I've done that and in terms of you know you're saying what what's my mission I think my mission is to try and uh, help people to find their self-motivation because at the end of the day it comes down to waking up in the morning with a smile on your face and saying I'm gonna make most of the better choices today not every day not every week not every month but most of the time it's about making that choice brilliant brilliant very interesting story so even uh, you have uh, tried to go uh, like to uh, to put yourself on diet and uh, restriction but that didn't work I have not I have uh, looked at your photo and uh, I can see uh, a massive uh, difference uh, before and after so there is a big uh, uh, change uh, and you achieve this through uh, uh, not uh, restricted diet yeah that that's exactly right, right. Um, I, I I tried about maybe a decade ago to do Weight Watchers I think I managed about two months on it and I did lose about 20 pounds but the the problem with Weight Watchers is that it's like you said restrictive and I think for people that use food as their happy place so I love food it's not just the greed it's not just the kind of the consumption there's also the like you share family time with food you know f food is a very bringing together thing so there's a real kind of association of love with food and for someone that is sensitive maybe uh, thinks of others first and, and uses food the restrictive diet fundamentally doesn't work not because it 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 um, doesn't work scientifically but because a, a, a restrictive diet is telling you that your natural instinct is wrong so what you feel inside you you have to say I have to go against what I am but actually that part of you is that sensitivity and that like liking to bring people together so that's fundamentally why that never worked for me and and what I actually did was instead of worrying about what I was eating because if you look around me you probably know people in your like friends or family where you've got people who kind of eat what they want but they don't worry about the weight 
And so you've got this kind of, you know, you've got this like, oh, how can they do that? And how come when I eat, you know, and, and yes, there's a genetics. Yes, there's a massive thing about lifestyle. Um, you know, may, maybe they're very busy. Maybe they've got the fast twitch muscles. You know, maybe they're up till 11 o'clock at, uh, at night every day doing errands and things. But fundamentally, you can manage your weight with any food. Is it a good idea to choose an unhealthy food? No, and obviously we should try and choose more healthier foods. But the, the concept is, if initially you focus on when you eat your food, then actually that helps you to make the first steps. And because just changing when you eat the foods, and I don't mean you're eating at strange times, um, but just being mindful of your portion size and how much time you wait before you eat again, if you just make those steps, um, actually you can start losing weight and it can feel effortless and that is the key to everything because if you can feel happy doing it because when I was on a diet it was always kind of miserable you know you you, you accepted you had to do a diet and you kind of it was a quid pro quo you had that kind of negativity but the difference with this system is it it actually makes you happier and the funny thing is if you succeed in for example waiting till you're hungry to eat the great thing is you get a treat of eating food. So actually the diet is motivated by the thing that we love, food. <laughs> so every time you wait till you're hungry to eat, which is how you judge how long you need to wait. So you wait until you're hungry to eat. As soon as you feel a little bit hungry, you eat some food. And the, the rule is that there's basically three rules and it's simple as this. One, if you're not hungry, don't eat. Number two, when you are hungry, and, and this is as soon as you're hungry, so you mustn't endure you know, like um, I'm going to you know, wait three hours and, and lose extra calories. You must eat as soon as you're hungry. And the reason is so you eat logically and not out of control hunger. Uh, you then eat a portion which is slightly smaller, about 75% of your old portion, and really focusing on reducing those carbohydrates, especially the white ones, the, uh, the, the ultra processed ones. Um, and if you follow those two rules, um, so you're eating only when you're hungry, you're eating slightly smaller portion, you will naturally start to lose weight and and the reason is that those two rules focus on two key um, strategies so the first strategy is we're reducing the chance of fat storage in the day so when we eat uh, things like you know Mars bars uh, cakes pastries bread all of that food is so efficiently made that it's almost pre-digested and when we eat it when we consume it and we eat too many of them if we go over a certain amount say 500 calories that your liver stores your body then needs to store that as fat so if you can reduce the chance of that that's the first kind of optimization and the second thing we're doing is we're increasing the chance of fat burning at night and the way that we do that is by eating your dinner a little bit earlier and having a slightly smaller portion and then waiting a little bit later to have your breakfast in the morning or just being mindful of that gap, making it as long as you can without getting too hungry, that will then increase the chances of fat burning. So I said there were three rules. The first two are that one. The third rule, and this is actually the best one, and this is why it isn't a diet, is if you can't follow rule one and two for whatever reason, so you're tired, I don't know, something's happened, the boiler's broken, you've had a flat tire, enjoy your food. And, and, and there's no restriction on that it's just enjoy your food and and that that gap allows you to feel normal um, and obviously you know as soon as you've got a little bit of willpower back you go back to rule one and two but it, it might take days or weeks or months there's no there's no kind of limit on it but that's the that's in a nutshell the kind of the, the system brilliant thank you for sharing that so 
food was the first thing uh, you, you took in order to uh, improve your uh, health and take a step forward. And uh, let's talk about comfort eating. And we, we know that uh, comfort eating can be linked to some health uh, issues uh, such as uh, type 2 diabetes and obesity. Uh, can you share how comfort uh, eating affects uh, health and diabetes management? Uh, I know you talk a lot about uh, comfort uh, eating and its impact. Yeah. I think that the, the first thing to say about comfort eating is um, I'm still exactly the same person now that I was four years ago. So fundamentally, you know, the, the things I like are exactly the same and I'm still a comfort eater. I love eating food. What has changed is I now have slightly better boundaries and most of the time I'm able to adopt those boundaries. So that's really important to say because a lot of people feel like, oh, I love food and, and there's something wrong with me. There's absolutely nothing wrong with us. And in fact, it, it's actually modern life that's causing the problem. Uh, you know, in the olden days when we ate food that wasn't ultra processed, uh, you eat some food and it's whole foods and it takes a long time to digest and then you don't get the sh blood sugar spikes and that avoids the, the likelihood of fat gain etc. Um, so it, it's the modern foods that are causing this and it's no surprise that we love them because when our food, when our brain receives a food into our body like that and it's really efficient, your brain just tells you have more of it, eat more of it. So everything about the psychology of it is encouraging us to eat more of the comfort food. And that, for me, you know, it, it, it hasn't gone away. And when I was on a diet, um, you enter this mindset which is actually logical. And you think, right, I'm never going to eat, you know, comfort food again. I, you know, I'm just going to be restrictive all my life and it's easy, I'll just carry on. But actually it's impossible to do. You can't, you can't restrict yourself all your life, especially if you're someone that's sensitive and, and, you know, someone comes to you with one of their problems and then you take on board that problem and, and it makes you feel sad and you need to comfort yourself. So the comfort eating never goes, but the, 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 the power it has over you does diminish and that gets less and less the more you practice. And it's about instead of saying, I'm never going to comfort you again, it's about saying, and that's the, the reason for the third rule, which is, you know, when you feel down, just enjoy your food, you know, deeply enjoy the food, whatever you're eating, is because when you have that rest, when you kind of, you know, have that blowout, I, I, I still regularly have blowouts. I, I can't get rid of the blowouts, but what I change is I change the amount of time before I then eat again. And, and for example, when I first started, it, it was very much about eating. I probably had five meals a day. So I'd have my breakfast, a mid-morning snack, lunch, and then mid-afternoon snack and an evening meal. And um, they were smaller, but I would have to have the five meals because I couldn't cope with long periods without eating. And um, and there's a there's a, there's a real element of um, of fear about not being able to eat, and that comfort of like um, you know I, I'd use comfort eating to help me tackle tasks. So let's say I was going to, you know, walk up a mountain. I'd think, right, I need to eat. I need to eat lots of calories because I'm going to do that, you know, energetic thing. Um, just yesterday. So um, I went on a run 
it was about 14k a very slow uh, trail run that the the time i'd eaten before that was lunchtime on saturday so i hadn't eaten for say 20 hours before i did that run and in all honesty although i, I was a little bit slower but i was fine i regularly run fasted um I don't do tons of running but I've got to the point where because I've done it so much the eating when I'm hungry you get to a point where you realize that actually the food we're eating is so calorie dense that we don't need that much of it um, and so this thing about comfort eating is it's never gonna go away we can diminish its hold on us and we can also use timing the time between our meals to counteract binges and that helps to avoid this kind of perfection mindset where we have to think, right, we're only going to eat non-ultra processed foods because um, it's just not possible. That, that's, that's my feeling. If you're a normal person, that you know, caring person, and you live a normal life around your friends, your family, it's just not possible to eat perfect food all the time. And I think that that's the starting point. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing this great advice. So sometimes we try to justify wh why we need to eat uh, a lot or for some reason we end up with eating uh, lo lots of uh, food, even even if we don't have to. Uh, and uh, you have already uh, touched uh, on uh, restricted diet and uh, so on. Um, uh, in your videos, you, uh, you talk about uh, avoiding uh, diet misery and making lifestyle changes uh, more sustainable. Uh, what is uh, diet misery and how is the approach to the approach you are promoting uh, uh, is different from uh, traditional or restricted uh, diets. I, I like to say the difference is a bit like day and night, and and actually it practically is the difference between day and night. So, for a normal person, a normal healthy person, your fat burn will happen at night because at night you eat your last meal, your body starts drawing down on all its reserves. It uses all the spare glycogen, all the spare you know carbs, the sugar in your body, and then. If you have a long enough fast um, and you haven't eaten too much food, you'll get to the end of the night just before morning and your body will start to burn a little bit of fat. Your body hates burning fat. I mean, it hates it with a passion. It will, it will shout at you angrily when it needs to burn fat because fat is like its reserves. And so with a diet, what happens is you have to spend the whole of the day trying to restrict yourself so you know if you take something like Weight Watchers where you, 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 you're pointing or if you're doing you know macros counting your, your, your protein your carbohydrates and your fats the whole day you're mentally thinking can I eat that I'm hungry you're, you're trying to do the fasting the painful bit of the night time in the day and so what we do is we flip it round completely and actually in the day we try and load our bodies with less fuel so we try and end the day without a full tank but an almost empty tank and that's key because then your overnight fast is much more efficient but the beauty of it is you avoid the diet misery so the, the miserable part happens at night when you're asleep so you you it's 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 being a bit more careful in the day and 
like I say, you know, when I was on a diet, you're always thinking about food. Like, can I have some food? Can I have the biscuits? Well, how many calories is it going to add? And you, you, in your mind, it's very intensive and, and painful. And I think the, the, the beauty of um, the, the, the simplicity of the three rules is it's less about the food. Yes, you do make some simple swaps. You do try and, you know, uh, I don't eat much pasta and rice now because I've got a sedentary lifestyle. I just don't, you know, as, as a human sat down most of the day, I don't need that many calories. Um, if I was a, you know, someone who chopped down trees or a nurse, I would definitely be taking advantage of all of those rice and, and pasta, you know, needing the extra food. But um, it, it's just that, that misery of, of like constantly having to use your willpower to fight against your natural instincts. Whereas when you tune into your hunger, actually you eat when you're hungry, it makes you feel happy because you've got to eat and then you're motivated to then wait till you're next hungry. So it's, it just flips it completely on its head and takes away the bureaucracy, the unnecessary bureaucracy. Brilliant. Thank you for sharing these uh, great, uh, great uh, insights and uh, advice. So you are saying that use the night for rest to break, I mean, to burn calories, uh, you recommend that we don't eat at night. Uh, and main uh, main meals should be during the day. Yeah, and and, and it's and it is hard because uh, I, I tend like in the week I tend to be better, and at the weekend I tend to struggle, and I will end up probably having a big meal on a Friday night, maybe even a Saturday, and that's when I would use waiting till I'm hungry, I'd probably miss out breakfast, um, maybe even lunch now, now I'm four years in. Initially, I wouldn't have missed lunch as well. Um, but in the week, I tend to try and eat a bit earlier. Um, yeah, definitely. The, having that last meal as early as you can will make a difference because you'll, you'll burn down those calories in the evening and, and almost go to bed a tiny bit hungry. And that's when you know, if you can go to bed a tiny bit hungry and you've eaten smallish portions throughout the day, that's actually a way to, to, to know that you've had a good day. And what happens is if you do that, say five or seven days a week, and you lose weight, it gives you confidence in that instinctive approach, as opposed to having to use calories, which at the end of the day is an approximation and, and, and it doesn't really help. Brilliant, thank you for uh, sharing that as well. And, and uh, do you think uh, restricted diet or putting ourselves into like uh, a restricted uh, system where we end up with craving more food. What do you think about uh, like restriction and yeah. craving food? I, I think that's why um, I, I, I talk about the fact that uh, I, I accidentally started losing weight. And I think in my subconscious, um, my, my subconscious was when I when I got that text message, it was like, you need a way to still be able to binge. <laughs> There's no way around it. And it, you know, I think that's how it kind of just accidentally kind of happened because I did start eating only when I was hungry. Um, I think you're completely right. The, the, you have to, you have to allow that binge to come out in whatever way as it's needed um, because if you don't what happens is you'll get to a point where you will just 
you will just then reject the whole system and you will actually turn away from it and then then you will kind of dive into oblivion because then you'll just start eating you know too much food and i think enabling that um that that blowout a proper blowout and I d you know all of the diets have the ability to have a blowout on weight watchers you know you can have a pizza that's fine you save up your points and at the end of the week you have 47 points extra and have a pizza i'm not talking about that i'm talking about literally um, you know eat whatever you want and 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 although that sounds ridiculous and to to you know when you suggest it to people they're like that sounds wrong but the reality is what happens over time is as it becomes more successful you actually want to do it more so there's less times in the week or the month that you end up um, having that blowout and and that's the key to it make it fun and engaging initially and it will work long term Brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, let's talk about uh, balance or finding balance. Uh, balancing uh, the mind, the body and uh, food can be uh, challenging, uh, specifically for those with type 2 diabetes. I noticed you have uh, something called Balance uh, 3D. So... Uh, can you tell our audience how your uh, how you uh, pers uh, personally achieve this balance and what tips can you provide for our v uh, viewers and uh, listeners? I noticed that you have uh, a circle with uh, different uh, pillars or sections. If you can talk about that as well. Yeah, so I don't know if you've ever seen at the gym, have you seen those balance boards? They're like a circle with like a ball on the bottom and you're meant to stand on yeah. them and balance. So the, the uh, concept yeah. is, um, is, is, is learning to become more balanced. You never become balanced. Life is never static. So you always have to kind of adapt and change. And this circle you're talking about, it has three elements. It's got uh, your mind, your body and your fuel. And these elements actually relate to three parts of our our kind of body or our, our being so you, your mind relates to who you are um, is that's actually got a name it's called Matt so that's your kind of that's your personality the fun bit of you that wants to kind of run around bring people together go and eat some food that's that's Matt there's the the the, the fueling part that's actually called Faye so I call her the voice of mother nature and this is the nagging voice in your head so a lot of people talk about, you know, their, their head's kind of telling them off and there's this voice in the head and they need to silence it. Well, Faye is, um, you know, she, she's a kind of, she's a bit a chicken. She, she's a wise chicken. She's got like glasses. And so she's very wise and she knows things, but she pecks your head and she tells you, don't eat that because you'll get fat. Don't eat that. You know, and it's, it's this incessant nagging. And then the, the third element, your body, that's actually run by a little robot called Bob and he sits in your stomach. And I know this sounds a bit far-fetched, but it's a really nice way to understand it. So Bob is the reason that we're getting type 2 diabetes, because Bob always does things in a certain way. So he's actually very disciplined. And when we put too many refined carbohydrates in, that's when um, Bob automatically stores them all as fat. So what we have to do is we have to learn how Bob works and then fuel ourselves slightly differently. And then Bob will be your discipline. And this is the amazing thing. So the first step is let's get disciplined with eating when we're hungry. And 
again there's flexibility around that but Bob adds the discipline in and what happens is over the first three weeks you should probably lose some weight and it'll feel effortless and at the end of it you'll look back and you'll say how can I've lost weight I've done nothing and 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 you'll actually feel suddenly this weight lifted off you because you'll be like I've managed to do something that's really hard and it hasn't felt hard and so this gives you the positive mindset which then says do you know what I want to carry on doing this because I think one of the truths that nobody's talking about nowadays is that real change and what I mean by real change is like physical fitness mental fitness um, you know getting happier so you wake up happy every day most people who are where I was it might you might be 10 years away from that and that's a really scary thought and that's actually the reason why most of us turn away and we don't make the change because it's too hard and so the way to do it is to focus on the simplest things first to get to a point where you're happier then once you're happier you keep doing it and over the, the the kind of the months and the quarters you'll get much better then you'll start becoming physically fit so this is then the next stage you start to add fitness in because if you add that in at the start that will confuse it and you'll think that to lose weight I need to do fitness as well you don't you can just focus on the food then you add the fitness in and then you get to a point and this is really where actually the weight loss becomes less important because you get to a point where you actually want to fix other things in your life like your relationships your job um, you know just having more com being able to send things back from a you know in a restaurant where you're not happy with the food just having more confidence to be be more yourself in real life and that's where you might do something like coaching and and so the the way to the way to get happier you know long term is to start by doing something really simple that makes you happy and so that's that's my kind of my big takeout will be choose a system that works with your personality uh, but then focus on something that changes over time and doesn't make you do the hard stuff first you will have to do the hard stuff but you'll be much tougher at that point and so it'll be easier brilliant very interesting concept uh, because what uh, drew my attention when I saw the uh, the circle and how we divided them uh, then you talk about uh, mind, body, and food, and how to balance them. Very interesting uh, uh, information to share. And uh, you just mentioned the people can uh, uh, struggle or face uh, challenges. And this will lead us to the next part of this episode. So we know that uh, limiting beliefs can be major uh, obstacle to uh, personal uh, growth. How can people identify and overcome uh, these limiting beliefs uh, in the context of uh, their health journey? Yeah, so I think first of all is the, the first step is, is it almost a reprogramming. And this is why, so the first, the first part of the, 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 the system is this kind of three weeks where you just focus on your hunger. And you're not meant to do anything else because what you need to do is prove to your body that you can lose weight without you know, doing all the complicated Weight Watchers things. That is actually teaching Faye, your subconscious, that you can do it. And that actually removes some of the limiting beliefs because at the point, you know, the day before, I got the text message 
in my head, my scepticism was 100% sure that I couldn't diet. Now, you know, now four years in, I know that I'm mentally much, much stronger than most people. And, you know, that that's because I have built really strong discipline, mental and, 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 and physical discipline over the years, gradually, very gradually and gently. Um, but in a way that that leaves me now very strong as someone who can kind of cope with adversity and, 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 and all these kind of issues. But the thing about how do you know which limiting beliefs, it's a bit chicken and egg. And I think the best way to start tackling your limiting beliefs is by doing something that makes you healthier and happier. Because the reality is tackling your limiting beliefs is hard and you've probably got lots of them, you know, not just to do with food or to do with your, you know, image or to do with, um, you know, internal things, but even then things like your job, your relationship, um, at the end of the day, this all comes down to boundaries. Now with the food, it's like how much food, when, but then with your relationships, it's, it, all of the issues come down to the kind of the boundaries that we create and we let people control us or don't let them control us or maybe we're too harsh or not harsh enough and so those things come later and I think understanding that you're on a journey and just focusing on the on the now is the most important thing because if you think too far ahead you'll get too worried and you'll try and do things that you're not ready to do. Brilliant thank you for sharing that so now we managed to uh, figure out uh, the limiting beliefs and how to work on them. Uh, let's talk about self-motivation. So we know what to do now, how I can continue uh, on this path. Uh, for people who uh, struggle with uh, self-motivation, and are looking to make uh, long-term uh, changes, what advice would you offer, uh, especially for long-term? Because I can do something once, twice, but at some point I stop, I don't continue. Yeah, I think um, if I start at where I am now and I work backwards, so, I think, uh, you know, I wake up in the morning and most mornings I'm happy. And if I have a day where something goes wrong, um, you know, I can have crappy days, but then the day after I tend to wake up happy. So that's not what used to happen when I was, um, you know, four, four years ago. I'd, I'd wake up and I'd dread things, you know, confrontations I didn't want or things that I was going to, I knew I needed to change but couldn't. Um, but to build where I've got to now, the one thing that I've done is learned to pick myself up faster. So, as I said with the comfort eating, we're always going to fail. We're always going to overeat. We're always going to, you know, have those binges. When you have that binge, all that's going to happen is in your head is going to be that voice. You've failed. You've failed. You are. You might as well carry on failing. Just keep going. Just, just don't bother going back to it. And that is an inevitability. And so, I think it comes back to what I was saying before. It's really, where I am now is much, much, much harder than where I started, but I am physically, mentally stronger, so it's fine. And I think the important thing is to start with something that's simple and makes you happy. Because if, if the system, if the strategy you use for life makes you happy, 
then fundamentally, if you keep going back to it, if you keep learning to pick yourself up after you've had too much food, so that's why the third rule is so important, because after you've had the binge and you've enjoyed it, the next day, if you can just wait till you're hungry, or the next week or month or whatever, once you get back on it, that's it, you've learned to pick yourself up again. And if you can keep picking yourself up again because the system makes you happy, the whole thing is cyclical, it feeds itself. And I think looking at a system that feeds itself with happiness and that is driven by things you love, like food, that is, that is, that's the way to harness your skill because my skill is eating. <laughs> I'm really good at eating. I'm like really good. And you know, I could be a professional eater. So if we can somehow harness that skill, that is, <laughs> then you've got it. Because if you love eating and you wake up in the morning, I love eating, brilliant. If the system uses eating, that's it. Brilliant, thank you for sharing that. So regardless if you fail or success, uh, regardless the success or the failure, so we need to keep uh, trying and we accept uh, if there is a failure. So we don't just stop. We have to keep trying. Right. Sorry, did, what did you say? I missed that last bit. Did you say why? No, I mean, uh, regardless if we uh, uh, succeed or fail, yeah. we have to keep trying. Yes, 100 percent, because and I think one of the, if you look back at, like when I was trying to diet, my goal was to lose some weight. Well, losing weight doesn't make you happy. When you're in the middle of it and you're losing weight and people tell you, oh, you look, you know, you look great. Yes, that does give you instantaneous pleasure. But when you're three years in and the daily struggle becomes much harder, it, the, the weight loss doesn't make your life easier. It makes it harder. It makes it a lot mm. harder. Um, and actually, real life is a struggle to climb up the mountain. And not just one mountain. It's like once you've climbed up one, if you have ambition, if you want to be a better person, there's another one that's higher. You, you never finish climbing the mountain. And I think the problem is that a diet is, is a specific goal, which, number one, it doesn't motivate you. It doesn't make you happy. And two, it's finite. So when you finish it, what do you do? So uh, having, uh, becoming mentally and physically more tougher will enable you to do much more in your life. And actually the, the real benefit is enabling you to achieve those goals and dreams you gave up on day, decades ago. And that's why yeah. I'm kind of so, um, you know, that's why I wake up excited every day because I'm now doing something which fundamentally is what I was kind of put on the planet to do and it's like and that's what makes you happy that's what gives you a goal that's what keeps you you know waking up in the morning and you know not eating for 20 hours until you know the evening um, because it is tough but if you have a bigger goal a higher goal you know being there for your for your grandkids and and you know and you know work-wise going for that job you've always wanted which is really hard maybe you need to restudy maybe you need to you know learn a new language you know most people have got time to do it if you took the scroll time away they've got time to go to university or to you know do, do remote learning and things like that but they don't because it's hard it's really hard so yeah, right. it's yeah. it's that you know it, it, it it's about finding your goal in life ultimately 
and then heading towards that with with conviction and and you know mental and physical fitness brilliant thank you for sharing that as well uh, i have got another question uh, before we finish this uh, episode uh, what inspiring or uh, advice would you like to leave with our uh, viewers and listeners uh, especially those uh, who are struggling with uh, type 2 diabetes uh, the thing i would say to you is you know when you look on the telly and you see you know these these pts these personal trainers these you know these people and we just think i'm nothing like them i can never be like them the thing i'd say to you is you don't want to be like them what you are is is fine all you need to do is a bit of learning and th the reason i can say that passionately with truth is i'm still the same person i was i was the world's worst dieter four years ago and i still am um you know uh, legitimately i have you know I've, i've managed to make a change and if you can focus on um it's it's flicking the switch to make the decision to change so when i got the text message that really that that caused me to kind of you know make st start to make a change but if you can if you can do something that you love and works with your personality you've got a much much better chance of of succeeding so it's really you know focus on what you're good at and and lean into that and choose a system that really works with that brilliant very interesting and inspiring uh, message uh, from tom uh and the last one how can people uh, find you if they want to get in touch learn more about you and what you do yeah so uh, if you just search up uh, balanced which is the word balanced but the last e is a three um, and uh, we, we've actually got a, um, a, a completely free course um, which you can go on that first three week journey Um, so you know if you want to get involved try and find me on the socials and then um, yeah that that would be great to um, have you on board it's it, it's really exciting that we can help other people do the same if you can uh, say the uh, the name of the website with the extension is it dot com or dot dot co dot uk, dot UK. Yeah. so yeah balanced dot co dot uk okay brilliant thank you for sharing your contact information Uh, first and uh, foremost, I would like to express my uh, sincere gratitude to our amazing guest, uh, Tom uh, Salvin, for generously sharing his uh, expertise, insights, and time with us today. Your contribution has truly elevated this episode, and I deeply appreciate the information you have uh, provided I want also to thank every one of you, our dedicated viewers and listeners, for uh, being uh, a part of this episode. If you are seeking uh, additional uh, assistance and support on your health journey, I encourage you to book a discovery call with me at wellnessimpact.org. During this call, we can discuss your needs and explore how I can uh, provide personalized uh, assistance while addressing any uh, questions uh, you may have. If you found this episode uh, insightful and uh, valuable, I invite you to join our community of people 
committed to thriving with diabetes. To stay up to date for upcoming episodes, empowering discussions, and practical uh, tips, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. For those who prefer other platforms uh, such as uh, Spotify, you can uh, follow the Thriving with Diabetes podcast. Once again, uh, thank you, Tom, for being our guest today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, on this impactful journey. Until next time, take care of your health and keep thriving.